Hey everybody, it's me, James Intracasso. Welcome to the Tome Show's coverage of Gen Con 2016. I am putting this generic beginning in front of all the panels we recorded live just to give you a heads up that we didn't have as much control over the recording environment as we normally do, so that means things like background noise, volume levels, and also explicit content uh, we did not have control over. So we just wanted to give you a heads up that there might be a few of those issues going forth, especially this explicit content. So if you're listening with younger ears or you're more sensitive, we just want you to be aware. And I'd also like to let you know that you should use the affiliate links at thetomeshow.com for Amazon or the DMs Guild whenever you shop on those places. Just click on the banners in the show notes for this episode or any other and then shop as you normally would. And I'd also like to thank our sponsor for this podcast, noblenight.com, their brick and mortar game store where out of print is available again. They have D&D and other tabletop RPGs, any edition, any product. With Noble Knight, you can even sell your old gaming products that you aren't using anymore. All right, we're going to hear a quick word from them, and then it's time to go to Gen Con. In an election year, gamers can be divided on almost every issue. Is it more important to support a small business or to have the convenience of buying your gaming products online? Do you play shiny new systems full of epic awesome or gritty older out-of-print games that make even the groggiest of nards quake with fear? In this economy, is it time to stock up on as many high-quality discounted gaming products as possible, or is it time to sell the old gaming products you aren't using anymore? We are divided on every important issue. So in 2016, you should support the store that lets you do it all. Noble Knight, a brick-and-mortar small business with a strong online presence that has new products and specializes in out-of-print, all at a price you'll love. And yes, they'll buy your old gaming products as well. Check out the incredible offerings at noblenight.com. Tell them the Tome Show sent you and help make gaming great again. Hey, before we start, good morning, everybody. She's waiting. (laughs) I got a ticket for my own seminar. Why? Because it reminds me I need to come here. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually kind of smart. I might do that. Give me a second. Let's fill this out. Fast. Stragglers, a second. Okay. Welcome to welcome to footnoting 101. Um, Wait, this is an AA? <laughs> you can go ahead and start. <laughs> Do you want to share first? <laughs> Freelancing writers. Is- I'm, I'm not a writer. <laughs> I'm an editor and a layout designer. So if you want to ask about things that aren't writing. I mean, I guess sometimes people try to make me write, and I always warn them, it will be late and it will be expensive and you won't like it. Welcome to freelancing. So, <laughs> so we'll, start, we'll start down at that end. This is... I am Jensen Toperzer. Um... I am a freelance editor, copy editor, and layout designer, and occasionally I write. Um, I A lot of my work in the tabletop industry is through adventureaweek.com. Um, you may have seen some of my stuff up for any awards this year. Uh, Snow White and the Adventure Bestiary are both books that I did layout design on. Um, I also occasionally work with the old school renaissance community, um, mostly, again, copy editing and layout design. Such as with this fine gentleman, Kyle Janer. Um, I'm sorry, Chenier. You, you Canadian people in your French names, man. Um, and that's me. That would be Quebecois. Hi, everybody. I'm Jay Sonia. I own Stormity Studios. I started out freelancing for that gentleman at the end, who's way cooler than I am, and um, who own, and yeah, and that's I just publish stuff and write stuff. So and I'm yeah, it's nine o'clock. Talk it up. 
What is, what is the project? Oh man! So we all right. So we just finished uh, Rune Dawn of Twilight, which is my campaign setting, and um, so we've been working on it for what three years. And yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. it looks good, and it's it's a it's a great experience, and it's seriously nine a.m. So here's and Brian. And yeah. before I forget, the other thing that he has experience or has worked on, because you do these things so that when they want to ask questions later, they know what to ask questions about. Fair enough. Is that he's also helped uh, set up and kind of run uh, Kickstarter. For oh, yeah, Mrs. Yeah. of Akuma, which yep. is a fought, uh, fifth edition, that, yeah. um, and Rune, and, Rune, and, and he did Rune yeah. as well. I have a Kickstarter for both of those with a complete delivery, so he's finished his delivery process. But Mrs. of Akuma, which is a fifth edition kind of Oriental Adventures uh, Kickstarter. Cool. So. I'm Brian Suskind, um, freelancer. In my day job, I'm a screenwriter out in LA, but uh, I worked for uh, Cobalt Press and Storm Bunny Studios. Uh, with uh, Ben McFarlane, uh, we have a uh, book called The Southlands. It's up for an Emmy Award for Best Setting this year, which is pretty cool. Um, and, well, actually, we got nominated before for Make Dark Tales and stuff. But anyway, um, I started with open game design with Cobalt Press, so, you know, learned in the trenches, and now uh, I will write anything for money. So that's, that's the freelancing way. Hey, man! <laughs> So, I'm Ben McFarlane. Um, I am a freelancing writer, uh, occasionally de- developer uh, for role-playing stuff. My day gig is <clears throat> my day gig is boring computer work. So this is I am I'm what I like to call a hobby lancer. Um, this is how I, I I take my free time when I'm not chasing my my short people around the house, telling them to put away their toys. Uh, I'm sitting down and punching the keyboard. Uh, I've written for Atlas Games, uh, their Ars Magica line, so I'm one of the six people who's playing Ars Magica on a regular basis. Um, it's not five. It's not five, but there are six. six. 20% growth. <laughs> Secret masters of Ars Magica. Um, and now that I've said that, they'll come for me. Um, write publishing. Uh, I did a lot for for Steve Russell. Um while he was still around, right? Um, I've worked. I, I got my start actually with Wolfgang. Well, actually, I got my start with Living Greyhawk and Organized Play, and uh, and doing writing for them. And then I worked into uh, freelancing for for Wolfgang, and 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 then went from there. I've worked for Paizo, Watsi, Wright, Atlas, uh, Rune, or Storm Buddy Studios. Yeah. And uh, a, a smattering of others. So I've, I've done a lot of development and writing. That's my big thing. Yeah. Uh, hi, I'm Wolfgang Bauer. I'm the publisher and owner at Cobalt Press. I used to be a writer, but now I'm mostly a publisher, and I only get to write like when I assign myself something. And you I... used to be a writer, but then you took a job to the life. Yeah, yeah. Took, there, took that arrow to the knee. Yeah, <laughs> arrow to the knee hasn't been the same. Uh, no, we're delivering our fifth edition book right now, uh, Tome of Beasts, a new monster manual uh, for D&D, and yeah, I'm the guy who generally says no to freelancers a lot. That's sort of my function in the ecology these days, is saying, yeah, no, we already did that, or yeah, no, I just don't like it, or, you know, no, it's too long. Why don't you return my calls, Wolf? <laughs> yeah, see, it's all of those things, right? And Listen, uh, that restraining order was binding. <laughs> <laughs> Even internationally, right? 
Um, and I find that, that all the things that used to annoy me as a freelancer, like publishers not getting back to me, now make so much more sense. Like, oh, I don't have time to talk to those people. i got to deliver this, and i got to do that spreadsheet, and somebody wants to get paid. So the perspective I bring is probably um, way more boring and businessy, but maybe useful to this discussion uh, as well. Where do we want to start? Well, I want to ask, uh, how many of you want to be freelance artists? All right, so we got one. Excellent. How many of you want to be freelance writers? Six. If you didn't raise your hand... What freelancing thing do you want to do? Hey, yeah. excuse you, but editors, editors and designers. Yeah, I didn't know all the different ones, so I was going to. Yeah, asking. so editors. All right, got yeah. one. Layout people. Yeah. Developing layout. Okay. okay. Yeah. See, this is why. See, this is why you have more than authors here. Well, I just didn't remember. I couldn't remember the other categories, so that's why I was asking. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm very niche. How like a writer? <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. It's all about. The if writer. I was if I was editing, I'd have to spell things. I don't do that. <laughs> I'm doing mobile gaming, so I'm kind of here for the whole concept of everything. Because I can learn from every aspect. Sure. You know, and this is one realm that a lot of mobile gamers don't, they fall short on, basically. So you have to have a good story, you have to have plots, you have to be able to write your own thing, to pass to, you know, the people to do. And actually, layout design and UI design have a lot to do with each other as well. Um, in fact, one of the best layout designers I know started out as a UI designer. Um, and furthermore, editing is basically the one thing that most people don't want to pay for and that almost everybody needs. Yeah. And last but not least, straggling in with us here is Savannah Broadway. So, what, what's, what's your background, Savannah? Yep, I've got my bachelor's. Got it. Um, so, I got my start in the industry as a Paizo intern. Um, it's not a very simply repeatable maneuver, so I wouldn't like recommend it as a shoe-in. Um, let's see. But if that. you can pull it off, it's nice. Oh, yeah, yeah no, it's great. It opens doors, I'm telling you. Um, but anyway, I've edited for Cobalt Press. I've done work for Wright Publishing. Uh, Paizo, obviously, uh, Frog God Games, um, I'm working on the Athera Project, I've worked for Gunmetal Games, like a, a plethora of uh, third-party publishers that escaped me this early in the morning. Most, mostly editing, though? Is that yes, your main mostly thing? editing. So, so there you have questions about that. So, um, so we have mostly writing, it sounds like, some layout, some editing, some the whole package there. Like I don't know if we'll be able to answer much about how to get more into that. Well, you don't have to. All right, cool. Um, she found a cannon full of gold. She, <laughs> she, she does not need us. Um, no, but it, I mean, you would be talking about these different aspects, but the reality is none of them work without the other. I mean, we could write up the wazoo, but if you're not going to edit or develop yeah. it or you know have art, it's meaningless. Yeah. If you have no layout, like honestly, layout's one of those things I think that is in that is mostly invisible, but will make or break a product. I think there are more products that have failed because they had bad layout than. Oh yeah, it's it, and if something's incredibly jarring, it's harder for the reader too, and people don't yes. take that into consideration. Something that's laid out that is, you know, your eye flows across the page. That is incredibly important for a product because people don't retain information if there's this cognitive dissonance that happens on the page. So on. good art, good layout, good ending, all okay. of that will sell a product in a heartbeat. Well, let's face It'll it, for, work, and let's face it but, for a setting, <coughs> especially, you're piling a lot of information. Yeah. And if it's not clear, it's, you know, it's just it's good. useless. So, Jetson, how did you get started? Oh, then? God. Freelancer. <laughs> So um, how I got started freelancing is actually a complicated and funny story. Um, 
I had graduated from grad school and uh, where I, I was at Emerson College and I got a Master of Fine Arts in nonfiction writing. I had an internship with Wired Magazine and then my life kind of completely fell apart after that. I lost six jobs in two years uh, and it was really bad. Um, and during that time though, I had been part of the Google Plus, um, the somewhat notorious Google Plus old school renaissance community, including sort of Zach Smith's social circle, um, among others. And I also entered into Paizo's um, RPG Superstar Contest. And I got as far as the first round, which is actually pretty something because out of 800 applicants, it's like you're in the top 24. So that's pretty big. Um, and I didn't make it past that, but that got me semi-visible. And uh, also the previous year, um, I had, I think actually, yeah, that was one of the years that I'd gone to Gen Con. I'd met up with Wes Schneider. I um, talked, I, I sort of, no, I met him after that. But I met, I'd known, I sort of interfaced with him and uh, Jessica Price online through Tumblr. So essentially I'd been doing a lot of sort of peripheral social media stuff. And after I'd lost my last job, which the jobs that I'd had for the most part were like pretty grunt, like um, terrible jobs, really bad, horrible jobs in like marketing or in uh, software quality assurance that I won't get into. They were bad. I thought you were going to talk about say you were working for Wolfgang. <laughs> no, I was not even in the RPG. I was not really in the RPG industry at all. I was in like software and um, and marketing, and I I was. I kept trying to get into magazines, but I couldn't. It was bad. And I, it had, Paizo had an opening for, I believe, an uh, editor, <clears throat> and I applied, and I didn't get in. But Wes Schneider is an angel, and he sent me, he was like, I really like your stuff, and I've seen you run online, and I noticed you got through RPG Superstar, so here's a big, if you want, I can give you a list of freelancers, and I'm, of places that are hiring freelancers, and I'm like, please, please give me the list. So he did. And I applied to a bunch of them, and Adventure a Week, uh, um, John Nelson of Adventure a Week was like, yeah, I actually really do need a layout designer. So I started working for him, and after that, I started doing other stuff like um, other layout design, other copy editing for people. Um, a lot of it, again, interfacing through the old school Renaissance community on Google+, which everybody goes, oh, Google+, <laughs> who uses Google+, tabletop RPG people use Google+. Um, especially people who do sort of the retro clone kind of um, hacks of old school games. Oh, not so amazing. Not it's even like that, no. No, yeah. like Every, even, everybody I, I uses Google Plus. That. Tabletop period is like Tabletop 90% period. of Google Plus's user base, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, and it is, it's good, and the whole reason was because of Hangouts let you play online with people and really get a Google Plus account and find, like, follow all your favorite RPG people, start talking to them, and that's a great way to social, to network and find jobs, essentially. It, it, um, also, it also has the nice part about Google Plus, I think, is there's a very much a culture there of of inclusion in a discussion. Like, it doesn't matter that you're, you know, you don't know them from somewhere necessarily. Right. If you're connected by a circle and you can see the conversation, there's very much a culture of, okay, participate. Inclusion. You know, yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's very inclusive, yeah. It's, it's, it's <coughs> wonderful that way. And, um, and I also got to know some people um, through uh, EN, EN World. So I did, um, I wrote an adventure for EN Cider called uh, Dia de las Venezuelas Muertos, which is um, Day, of Day of the Dead Dinosaurs. It is a 
Aztec mythology based sort of fifth edition D and D game where you go and punch undead dinosaurs. Woo-hoo. That's pretty cool. Um, and so that's basically where I am now. Um, I also do some non RPG freelancing through. I do copying for Columbia University, which is where I get more money from. But um, I still do RPG stuff. This is not the kind of industry where you're going to say, I'm, I'm going to leave my job as a lawyer and become a freelance game designer no, and, be, and be able to like put food on the table. No, and, and, I, and, I, and to be clear, I still, I still am not in a place where... Sure, clear I am still not in a place where I would say I can put food on the table. I, I still live with my parents. I'm still paying off student loans. That works for me, and the thing that I want to say is that unfortunately it's not a situation that will work for everybody. You have to make sure that you're in a place that's stable enough that if you want to kind of try to do this full-time that you have backups and that you have are in a financially stable position that you can do this because there will be times when you're like, hey, guys, is there work to do? And everybody goes, no. And you go, okay. It Especially is- during the summer. Yes. Like, convention yeah. season, everyone's yep. here, so we're not like Which at sucks home writing because- things for you to do. Which sucks then because you're like, yeah, I'm going to go to Gen Con. I have no money. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the pieces of RPG advice for freelancers that I often give is the, and here I am betraying my boring, mundane, business-like roots, is uh, marry someone with a health insurance and a steady job. <laughs> done and done. <laughs> yeah. Because, honestly, it is it is a very feaster family yep. sort of thing. You yep. get these dead summers where there's no work. Then you get the... Oh, six different six, six different publishers all want me to help them out on an urgent rush project, right? And I can't take them all. I can only take two or three at one time. Um, so there's no consistency in cash flow. In this I mean, business. and yeah, my my other recommendation, one of the things that I'm I've started doing right now is I have it's low paying. It's like ten bucks an hour weekend job, like moving chairs at weddings. But if that's what it takes that you have at least, like, some stable income that you can rely on, that's what it takes. I want to follow up on what Wolfgang said, you know, and we'll, we'll get to this more in a bit probably, but once you start getting freelance work, mm. don't grab every job no. offered to you. Because, don't do it. Because no. at do a certain, it. you'll grab yourself crazy, but also you will... Your work will... The quality will be diminished because you're, tr- you're being pulled into diff- so many directions. And then the people who hire you, they don't care that you have four of the projects you're working on. They only care about the one that they ask you to do. I can vouch for that. I don't care about anybody else's project. You're freelancing for me. And the other thing is, too, like, um, and a little piggyback on that is, if you're doing some freelancing work, and depending on who you choose to work for, will impact how other companies view you. If, for instance, somebody works for Wolfgang and I've seen their work, I know their quality, I know their standards, so I'm more apt to say, you know what, hey, I'll work with that freelancer because a lot of companies will vet one another, not not intentionally, but just by de facto. I, I would never talk bad about another company, but there are companies I just choose not to work with. Um, their their layout or their editing or their you know the way they vet their products is vastly different well, than how I do it. So like I'm less inclined. If someone says, "Oh, I work with this one company," I'm like, "That's cool. What have you done?" And then if I have the time to look at it, I might. But if I don't, but it, it can also set the. Because we are somewhat compartmentalized, right? right? We have 5e designers, we have Pathfinder designers, you have third-party Pathfinder designers, you have... Uh, Ars Magica. There's six of us. Dude, I'm drinking. Don't take Come my on. work. Come on. <laughs> there's, you know, there's, there's <laughs> a variety of others. There's Call of Cthulhu. Onyx or, Path. Right, yeah. Onyx Path. Yeah. There's a... As you start, like, it's... 
as a Pathfinder guy, I have a tougher time. Like one time I went to try and pitch something to the guys who do Cthulhu tech and I didn't have as much experience. You know, I don't have really any experience writing anything publishing for them. So when I started to pitch stuff and, and try and talk them up, you know, I wasn't well known in their forums. I wasn't, I wasn't as much a part of their community as much as I had the ideas because I was so busy with my other projects in Pathfinder. Um, it, it, part of when you wanted to start doing freelancing is starting to build up a relationship with uh, no, the, the publishers and the, the game community that you want to do your development and writing for. And, 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 and I was going to say, too, know their IP. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, if oh, you're yeah. going to if you're gonna pitch something to a publisher, I can't tell you the number of times I've had, like, people, and you want to support people, and like, oh, I have this great idea for this thing, and I'm like, have you read our book? It doesn't fit at all. Or, that fits perfectly, sure. but... Yeah, you, like, so... Know their related, IP. <laughs> related to both of those things, um... So, so one of the ironies with me is that even though I do a lot of layout design uh, for Pathfinder stuff, just because that's what Adventure Week did for a long time, I I understand 5th edition and some of the old school hacks of, in terms of rules and like play design a lot better, and in terms of writing. And, um, and I'm actually not very good at writing Pathfinder at all. So, but the irony is because my name is on so many of the Pathfinder products as a layout person, it's actually sometimes difficult for me to be like, no, 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 I, I know how to write 5th edition, guys. Um, that, though, can just be a matter of, of doing sample work, doing stuff like, you know, I did, um, I will recommend uh, the EN World, the two EN World magazines, EN Cider and, um, and Trailblazer as great places to, like, submit stuff to get started. Um, Actually, there's a wide variety of those too. There's, yeah, there's there's, en- there's the Insider. There's uh, the Trailblazer. Insider is Fifth Edition. Trailblazer is Pathfinder. There is uh, Wayfinder. Yep, is the is the Pathfinder fa- fanzine. The difference is that uh, the Ian World ones pay. I don't think Wayfinder they, does. No, no, they don't. They don't. They Wayfinder but it gets your name out. Get your name it does. It helps build. It helps build a <coughs> portfolio, which. Again, if you're trying to... Yes. If you're looking for that first rung, you might go with it. Right. right. When you're we looking for that first rung, you go to fanzines. Numenera has one, too, but I, right. I'm forgetting you, the name of it. You go to fanzines, you go to those places to, like to build that relationship. Yeah, right. With that said, and, and, I, and like I said, you know, I really sort of got my name out there initially by doing their... Um, Paizo's RPG Superstar Contest, which, again, even if you don't win, is a way for people to know your name. You can, yeah. But, but the one big thing, and this is a mistake so many freelancers make, if at all possible, get paid. Do not let people yeah. scam you. Yeah, people no. will let you work for free for as long as you let them make you work for free. Right. No. I don't know. We don't do that. I don't, I've never had anybody work for us for free. I pay everybody. Yeah, but you're right, that but you're special. You were supposed to pay me? <laughs> oh, don't you? There are a lot of people that do that. Free yeah. and some not. Yeah. If you start oh, working for free, then a lot of places are not going to suddenly go. Oh, I should pay you money because you know it's not out malice. They have a million. It's, things it's like to do. working. It's like working for your parents. They always sort of see you as that kid. They don't right. take you seriously, and and some and and unconsciously, I think it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. They go, oh, that's that guy that does stuff for free. Okay, so you know, pay him. Yeah. So, so yeah. the last person we just had sneak on here at the end is Amanda Hammond, and Amanda. Go ahead and give your background real quick, if you'd like uh, to. Sure. So I'm a developer at Paizo, and I started as a freelancer um, early on for, uh, for Wolfgang at Google Press, and uh, then later for Paizo and other third-party publishers, and 
I don't want you to think we just let anybody wander in and kind of sit up here on the panel at the same time. I don't know. I, just, I feel like I just wandered in here. What time is it? I don't know. I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to play, say one more thing about what something that Jay said, and, and this is something, a, a kind of unspoken law that, that exists in the screenwriting world, but it's also true you know, in, in the freelancing world. Don't ever badmouth anything. No. We all know each other. Yeah. And you know, the worst thing you can do, even if you hate something, you know, always oh, oh, that's, oh, that's great. Badfighter sucks. Yeah. See, she'll never work for Pathfinder. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's true because because all the designers know each other. So if you go around bad mouthing somebody, and somebody's like, "Oh, hey, what did that? How's uh, what's his name's work?" And they're like, "Well, his, his attitude's not that great." And yeah, that could really Especially affect. Especially online, like, we have a yeah. lot of folks who are on our forums who are doing some third party work. I, I don't want to say a lot of folks. There are a couple of folks who are doing third party work, and they're on our forums, and they're talking about their product, and they're talking about why it's so much better than all the types of products that you it's like it's, it's great to promote yourself um, but we read those and if you're promoting yourself as being so much better than us and yet you don't work for us it sort of makes us a little upset so yeah, don't, pay, pay attention to the house and don't be a jerk and be careful where you're saying it and which is also to say that like you're allowed to have opinions you're allowed to have constructive criticism I have definitely said I've definitely said things along the lines of that, like, I hugely respect Paizo as a company. I think their campaign setting is amazing. I think they do a lot of great work. But their rule system is a little unwieldy for me personally, and I don't like working in it. But that's different than being like, oh, Pathfinder sucks. Yeah. Amanda, Absolutely. do you want to write her name down? Or? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I want to actually add something that I was, and I didn't mean to interject, no, but um, when it comes to superstars, so, like, two of my favorite writers that aren't you guys up here... Um, were Will Cooper and, and Joshua Kitchens and I watch I, I don't do anything with Drive uh, with Superstar but I read all the entries whether it's the 32 whether it's the or 24 whatever it is whether it's the 16 and like for Rune Dawn and Twilight which we just finished I had a writer from New Zealand Will Cooper who's an amazing designer he's went on to do stuff for you and, and a bunch of other people and I hit him up on the forums and went hey Will I saw your entries um, I'm sorry you didn't move forward but I really liked what you were doing would you be involved would you be open to brain Storming, and you know, and he was like, "Yeah, of course." And then I had a couple of other writers that I picked up, not because it's like we're hanging out on the forums. It's just sometimes people really shine. So mm-hmm. know that just you're not just you're not auditioning just for Paizo when you're doing that. You're auditioning for every single third party that looks at those forums and might go, you know what? This yeah. dude, it might not be good for their house, but I had this guy writing this really crazily, like, amazing, like, kind of stormpunky, like, Nordic stuff, and I'm like, I love what you're doing with Giants. Let's let's brainstorm some. So so, so you have those options as you start to look at things, yeah. right? You have, you have interacting with them in their own communities, you're looking at, at smaller publications like fanzines or uh, or small magazines. Pathways is one that Wright Publishing did. I don't know if that's going to continue since the publisher, unfortunately, passed away recently. But that was a big one. Um, I don't know if something's going to fill that gap or not. But it's to be on the lookout for those kinds of things. There are contests. Uh, you'll hit a certain point uh, if, you, if you get into the writing where you don't do contests anymore because... You really don't qualify to do the contest. Well, yeah, at a certain point... You're a ringer at that point, yeah, right? Yeah, you're a ringer at <laughs> But a contest is a nice thing as a writing exercise for yourself or, or you know, mostly for the writers. It's obviously not for anybody else. But the, to say, here's a target, a limited number of words, make something cool that, that fits that target, right? So you have contests, you have the social interaction, you have uh, the smaller magazines. Um, That's not to say you shouldn't submit to the bigger publications no. if you want to. It's just... 
but your chances are, are better if you have a lot of little things first. But that know, means it can happen. And I mean. to do you know the bigger publications, you're going to want to look for their open calls. Those yeah. happen on occasion, but when they're out there, so yeah. you find the publishers, the things you want to do. You want to make sure you're watching their announcements. Uh, recently, Atlas put out announcements for uh, I think it was Unknown Armies, where they're like, "We're going to do uh, Unknown Armies. There's going to be an open call. We'll, if you want to submit, submit here." Um, a fifth thing that I would put on there, if you're you're looking at ways to kind of press into the into the industry, is to come to the shows like this and to go to the booths and to talk to these folks. You briefly. Know, briefly, briefly, briefly. Um, Hopefully, you know. while they're not doing something else, <laughs> right? Because Wolfgang, are you saying that you don't want to hear about my level eighteen paladin? No, no, especially as I'm Avenger. trying to conclude a sale with someone who's buying three hundred dollars worth of my books. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you know, to take a chance when you see a, a a pause in their conversation or a moment, you know, uh, one of the first years I came here. Uh, when I saw somebody that I recognized as a writer or designer or something, you know, I would say, hi, I'm so-and-so. Uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. I really enjoy your work on this particular project. I really like the way you did X. So I had at least a, a conversational thing there, and then as we talked a little more, then I could kind of enjoy, oh, well, I'm trying to work my way into this. And you have a short conversation, well, it's a pleasure to meet you, and then I carried on my way. At least I've created this, or at least I've tried to create this, uh, you know, the start of a relationship where they know I'm interested in what I'm doing and they know that I'm paying attention to what's going on. I'm trying yeah. to be plugged in. I gave Wes Schneider a stuffed bird once. <laughs> yeah, but, gift, gifts but, are weird, right? But, well, but there was a, it might be cool, it might be stalking. And, and to, but, but with that said, to give the story behind it, and there was a reason context, behind it, is that first context. of all, he'd already helped me get that job at Adventure Week, so, and I was thanking him. Thank second, you, gifts are good. And, and second, although he thought nothing of it, he was like, I just sent you a list of stuff, and I'm like, well, it was important to me. Yeah. And the other thing was, is he just published um, one of the one of the Pathfinder comic books that he'd written, mm-hmm. and he'd specified he's from Baltimore, I'm from the Maryland area, and he'd specified putting it had a male dryad, and he'd specified that there were Baltimore Orioles sitting on the dryad's shoulder. So I bought him a plush Baltimore Oriole specifically to commemorate the book. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of gift that actually works, and that's like, it has context, <laughs> it has reason, it's a thank you. And that actually can be a way to get somebody to remember you. I don't, you know, I'm not saying, like, buy every desire you like a thing. It's but like... But you want to buy us cars. We're, we're down with that. I mean, well, I, I actually don't need a car. I'm good, thanks. But to play out play <laughs> with something that Ben said, I mean, it's it, don't go up to a publisher if you're trying to make a connection and start talking about yourself. Right. Like, right. this is what happened in my campaign. Here's the stuff I've done. It, it's And this yeah. might be a no-brainer, but it, it's better to ask them questions about their work because... Well, it's and again, sort of with, and, with the Baltimore you know. Oriole thing, like this was an example of me knowing what was going on in the product, which is to say, I'd seen this comic book and went, "I know what those birds are." Oh my God, you're from Baltimore, aren't you? And going and having a, you know something sure. in the context of saying, "Congratulations on publishing your new thing." I thought it was really cool. I like this little touch, and you know, making the conversation essentially about the product, and also, you know, there was also a segue there too, and that yeah, I'm from Maryland as well. Let's talk about home for a little bit, and not about games. But yeah. and game designers. Love to talk about stuff. Stuff. So I mean, like you know, if if you go up to a game designer, and you said, you know, when you created this class, that was an interesting choice. What made you do X, Y, or Z? That can get them again. It, seems, it, it shows stop. interest. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they to work that. And uh, yeah, I want to go back to contest for just a second. Cobalt Press runs about one a year. I can probably name all of our winners, and I'd say uh, the majority of them have gone on to do work for the company. Uh, often substantial work for the company. No, no, so no, no. Um, we've been talking about RPG Superstar a bunch here. 
but other people do contests as well. Yeah. I think Wizards of the Coast does some do once they? in a while. They, they do did. design they contests did. for oh, their okay. t-shirts with We Love Fine. Although I would be cautious oh. about about those Wizards things. Yeah, some of them are sign away all rights, get paid nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but there are other contests Always you'll read see the sometimes with other publishers. Most times, legally, they'll say on anything you turn into a contest... They own it. Yeah. So whatever you put into a contest, you have to kind of resign yourself to say, you know what? Uh, I'm going to put in a good work, but I'm maybe not going to go put my baby. I'm not going to put that darling idea I've been saving in my back pocket at some point. Oh, that's going to turn into my trilogy or my... <laughs> we, we all have them, right? Don't we all give have that those. away. No, hold on to those ideas until you... I have a pitch for you, book. Oh, really? Right. <laughs> but, you know, take a look at what they're doing with those contests. There are ways. Sometimes you'll also find projects. Um, the three of us... Um, you know, all started with the original open design projects yeah. that Wolfgang started a long time ago, which was, uh, it was before computers. It was, was not <laughs> back in the day when we <laughs> were all know how to work a telegraph key. It was, it was semaphore <laughs> when we were tiny kobolds. And, yeah. But the idea being <laughs> is that in some of those projects, you'll find them as almost like incubators where you can um, learn some of the elements. and, and Yeah, I think the Pathfinder Society has some of that yeah. as well. Another great example of that, um, so the, the old, I mean, and when I say the old school Renaissance community, the thing you have to understand about that is that it's not a strong community. It's more like a bunch of friends who happen to write similar things on Google+. But that said, a bunch of us got together one time and we, like, and this wasn't all, like, huge people in the community. It was people at all levels who kind of got together to basically... Um, rewrite the orange cover version of Palace of the Silver Princess, oh, cool. and it's called Princess of the Silver Palace. And it, you know, it was all free. Basically, we we all got separately assigned one room to redo, or one to two rooms or so to redo, and then the product all without talking to each other, and the product got all edited together. And ironically, it well maybe not ironically, but interestingly, it ended up being actually a really coherent, interesting product despite us not talking to each other because we were all working from the same base. But that's another example of a great project because like all of community our names project. are in it. Uh, it's yeah. a community project. Yeah. All of our names are in it. It's really cool, and it's a way that people, you know, that you can get your stuff out there. He did the layout. Right, let's ask you a couple yeah, questions. We're halfway through here. Yeah, so. We haven't taken questions but from anybody. Yeah. Now, so. now is, now is the time we talk forever, honestly. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be anybody in the room. We would just talk. So questions are good. Yes. So uh, I am unclear as to the the general first step here. Like uh-huh. we've talked a great deal about, uh, you know, Devin building a basic portfolio, and that makes a lot of sense to me. But when uh, when you've completed that step, what's next? Do you then turn around to someone and go to a designer and say, hey, I have this idea, let me pitch this idea to you, please pay me money? Do you go to them and be like... I wouldn't say please pay me money. Well, <laughs> pitching, pitching is really... So pitching is actually really... well. I was, I was just going to say one thing... In addition to knowing that, ask them if they have a style guide. Ask them what their standards yes. are. There's nothing wrong. Like so, basically, stru- so ba- sorry. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Basically, go to the website or go to whatever information the company has and look at their submission guidelines yeah. and say, okay, what are the? And so, for instance, like um, Ian Sider says, okay, we want you to do e- adventures are this long. Articles are this long. These are the particular subjects we're looking for for this particular month because they're a magazine. Um, here's our style guide. Read all those, commit them, put them to heart, and then write um, what's called a pitch letter where you say... So the pitch letter is basically like the introduction to your thing. You don't send, don't send anybody your work right. unless they ask for it, and even yeah. then be careful. What or you you've copyrighted do, it in some fashion. Or yeah. you've copyrighted it in some fashion. What you want to do is you write a letter that says essentially, Hi, dear, dear company... 
here's some things that I know about your work that I think are really cool. I've got this thing that I think is really cool. Here's why I think thing really is going to work for your company and really fits with your stuff. Here's all the reasons that it specifically fits with what your company does. I think it would be really cool if we could work together on making this thing happen. Sincerely, me. Here's which, how to contact me. Which is why it's probably good to know their IP. That's so, because the not thing. everybody does, not everybody does letters. I don't know. You guys get a lot. Of, I just get emails. I got. Oh yeah. man, I have this great idea. The next query. It's yep. And it's. Do you want to say? Does anybody have any questions about? Ask her questions before Amanda departs. Sure. Amanda did a. Rock the Southland, just to know. Yeah. yeah. So Amanda, even though she works at Paizo, she still occasionally does the freelancing gig, and. That's kind of the fun thing about the game industry is we do, those of us who work full-time in it also do things on the side because they're fun and we enjoy it and we enjoy the wonderful people who work with us. And, I mean, we're uh, not in it for the money, so we might as well enjoy it. Absolutely. So, so if anybody has any editing, I know you said you were looking yeah. at editing. I don't know if you have any <laughs> questions. Is there a particular style guide you fall under, I mean? Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, no. I have been to newspapers, and it's yeah, totally I'm defaults to Chicago style. Each Chicago. publisher has their own in-house style guide, and there's a Cobalt style guide. Um, there's a Paizo style guide. There's some similarities, but some distinct differences. So, um, I think I heard some advice to ask the publisher for their style guide. Um, but anything that's not covered in there is a call to Chicago. Yeah. Um, Regarding, and also back to sort of the idea of pitching, and also Chicago, and what you said, looking into how the magazine publishing industry works is actually a good idea. And book pu- book publishing to a lesser extent, but I find RPGs sort of, because of the visual aspect, tend to be along the lines of magazine. I came into this from magazine publishing. I, I, I was an intern with Wired Magazine, um, and a lot of what I learned about pitching, about about production process about all of that came from being an intern at Wired. I'm not saying like, go be an intern at Wired, don't do that, but if you wanted to like get books on it or look up online about how the magazine industry works and like, especially advice on pitching and advice on style guides, those are, because the RPG industry, you're going to have a lot of trouble being like, how do style guides work for there? But you can apply the knowledge (laughs) from other industries which are better documented. But, you know, going back to the, to what the first gentleman was saying about, about getting started and and pitching, the reason you build up the portfolio is you can then make connections. Making connections is super important. You know, remembering who does what and that you've talked to them. That way, when you have some stuff under your belt, even if it's just stuff you've done for free or on a blog, you can go, oh, hey, you know, we spoke at whatever con, you know, or you said something nice about something I wrote on the blog. You know, I was wondering if I could, if it'd be okay if I sent you a pitch for something. Because, uh, actually, I think that's how I got my job with Wolfgang. One of them was I said, hey, you know, I have this, I would love to be able to pitch something to you. And he's, you know, sent me a form letter back saying, you know, maybe. And, um, you know, and, but it's, it's, it's true because it's like, you know, probably the person is not going to remember you necessarily, but. Right. Because they've seen 200 people. Right. But if, they, if you've done some stuff that they at least know that you're not, you didn't just have a wild hair to write a game. Right, you can, yeah. you can, and if especially even if you're doing a cold pitch, you can write things like, "And I here, I've got this work published in, you know, even if it's work that you did for for free." Like when I first pitched to EN Insider, I said, "You know, I was a finalist. Uh, I was in the top twenty-five for um, uh, RPG Superstar, and here's some other free stuff that I've worked on, and here's some layout design stuff that I've worked on. Uh, also, and then here's the rest of my thing." 
Um, that's one thing. The other thing about getting to know people is it means that instead of being like, dear editor, which is always a way to get the editor to be like, oh my to God. Who may to whom it may concern. Crunch, my crunch, favorite crunch, crunch. words for, you really have no idea. My name's all over the site and our And product. the thing is, right. even if you address it to sort of the semi-wrong person, then at least you've addressed it to a person. So if it's like, you know, you've accidentally addressed it to the assistant editor instead of the lead editor or like the copy editor instead of like the acquisitions editor, which people are like, what's an acquisitions editor, but that's not important for now. Um, <laughs> at least you've addressed it to an actual human who works at the company. <laughs> but, you know, just to ask Wolfgang and, and Jay, God, do you find it better, well, no, do you find it better to, to have blind pitches, like, I'd love to be able to pitch something to you, or do you find it better to have someone say, I have the idea that is blank, what do you think? It, you want to handle it first? Because you probably have a lot more submissions than I do. I so. Let's make sure I check, yeah. though, too. Do we have other questions out there? I don't want to monopolize, because we have our certain time. So I want to make sure yeah, we question. can go down this. We can go down a rabbit hole real quick, but I want to see. I'm going to keep this rabbit hole really short on the Cobalt side. Yeah, right. that's fine. Uh, we have, have an open submissions policy. I'm fine with people sending stuff. If they've read the freelancer guidelines, it says, here's our art director. Art goes to him. Here's our blog editor. Uh, blog series pitched to him. Uh, all other stuff, send it to me, right? And that's <laughs> it, right? There's three channels, right. and we want you to go to the right channel. Every time I get an art folio <laughs> submission or somebody, here's the link to my DeviantArt page, yep. I'm like, you didn't read the guidelines, but okay. Maybe you'll follow directions when we send you an art brief, right? Nope. Yeah. Uh, but maybe not. <laughs> um, and, and so that's about it. Open call all the time, right? We, we just... We may close it someday, but at the moment the volume's still yeah. there. And we just have a contact page, and we have we don't have a style guide that we publish, but we do have one in house. And then people will pitch ideas to us. And if I like something, yeah, and I'm the one guy, so I do the art submission, I do all the, the all the other stuff, and um, it's really just like art or writing. And if somebody pitches something, you know, and again, don't send me content, you know, send me a pitch or an idea. Don't send me. A f- I've had people do that, and I'm like, I can't use this. I can't, you know. Take it back and, you know, just know the content, really know the content. I can't I, tell you the number of times people pitch ideas. I think ultimately, like, the way we can sum all this up is read up about the people yeah. you're yeah. submitting to before you do anything. More questions? Any more? Yes. What about self-publishing? That is an excellent question. Uh, yeah. My husband has a, uh, an IT person that works for him. <laughs> She's on her fifth fairy book, and she self-publishes. Absolutely. Like, it's so, so much, much, yeah. It's so, so easy now. So much easier than it used to be. That's a whole other seminar. Yeah, that is, is actually a different um, seminar. But we but can still talk about it, I think. <laughs> so, uh, again, from my perspective, I also worked in some in indie <laughs> freelance publishing a little bit first um, before I came to here. Um, and self-publishing is a two-edged sword. Because on the one hand, you have a lot more freedom. You don't have to answer to an editor. You don't have to answer to an art designer. You don't have to answer to anybody. On the other hand, you you're should. the one. You yeah. should. <laughs> on the other you hand, should answer to an you editor. need you to find. Answer to you an will need to find and hire your own editor. And seriously, do it. There are plenty of us who will happily work for people who are self-publishing. I work for people who self-publish all the time. Be prepared that it's expensive. You will need to hire artists if you're not an artist yourself. You should probably hire a layout designer. So the advantage of working with a publisher is that the publisher can handle all that stuff for you. Working for yourself, you're the one who has to do all that or who has to find people to do it for you. Well, and hopefully a publisher will have a name or some sort of reputation. So the, you're not just that's Bill that, Johnson yeah, That was the other thing I was book. getting to is brand, is brand recognition slash marketing. Then you have to go out and you have to be the one who hits the pavement who has to be like on social media being but like, for hey. For some people, that's me. wonderful. If you're an yeah. outgoing, naturally socially capable person, then self-publishing 
it, and marketing yourself and talking up your work comes naturally to you, then it's a really good road for you. Uh, the people who I try to dissuade from self-publishing are the ones who are like, I just want to write my books and don't want to have to interact with the world. It's like, you know, talk to people. I actually have an amazing specific example of that. I used to work for the science fiction and fantasy publisher um, that did LGBT stuff and sometimes erotica. And we had two stories that were very similar. One was a, one was a, they were both um, gay romances. One was a gay male romance, cyberpunk. The other one was a, a lesbian selkie historical romance. And although that the books were actually quite similar, like they were different, but you know, similar enough in genre and marketing. One of the pe- the cyberpunk author was kept being like, "Yeah, I guess I um I published this, and it's okay. I'm I'm tried to work on it, but I'm not really good." And the selkie person was like, "Hey guys, I made this book. I'm really glad that I finished it. I worked really hard. It's pretty cool. Guess which one sold more copies?" Right. Yeah, I mean, even if you aren't self-publishing, as a freelancer, it pays to talk yourself up. Yeah. And it's sort of the reality of current practice. Yeah, and, like, don't be arrogant I, about it, but definitely don't don't sit there being like, I just... Well, there's, a, there's a balance on that. Yeah. There's a balance. Like, I I am, like I said, I'm somewhat of a hobby lancer, right? This is not my pure gig, right? This is not everything. So what I, so what I do is I find a publisher. I get into a point where I have a publisher I like to work with. I'll work with that publisher and try to develop my relationship and do work for that guy. But I am not perpetually out there being like, Ben McFarlane. Yeah, you're actually, I was going to say, like, I love working with Ben. We brainstorm all the time. And he's a really prolific designer and writer. But he's, like, the most humble. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, I just do these things. And he wins Ennies. And he does this amazing work. And you got a question. Yeah, I have just a question for Ben. Yeah. I'd probably be in the same kind of category as Hobby answer as you. Sure. What do you think for a workload for sanity's sake for, like... So I start at... When I started, I did one at a time, right? I got to just one project at a time. I did not take more than one project at a time. Once I had that and I felt like I was on a solid routine where I was putting out my one project at a time consistently, then... I felt comfortable enough to say, okay, I now know my workload. And then I said, okay, I'll overlap jobs, but I'll only overlap jobs when I'm like on the downslope of the first job. I'll have the second job lined up with a further deadline. I'd even say that's true of people doing, and of wanting to go career freelancing is you want to work up to it. We, wor- we won't work up to it, but it was a matter of making sure I had my deadlines so that I don't didn't all of a sudden, so I suddenly guys, didn't. Hey guys, have it. Cool. Thank you for I've being here. I've got to hit the puzzle booth, but I will be there. Thank you for uh, coming. Well, and then later on. Amanda, everybody here gets a special line at the Paizo booth, right? Uh, <laughs> we're gonna go, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you go to visit Paizo Stein, you can get through customs a lot faster. <laughs> it's a pass pass. <laughs> pass pass for Paizo. <laughs> so, but that's what I try to aim for. Is I I start with. With just one at a time. Can I can I add one tiny sure, thing? Of course. Um, and and getting started. If you haven't read this man's books on world design and the oh. new one that just came out, they are an invaluable resource. When they were when you were first starting Wolf out, Gang. Wolfgang's yeah. not Ben. Sorry. Um, well, Ben worked on him. So there's two great books. There's the Cobalt Guide to World Design, yeah. and then there's the new one that just came out. Well, and one. they're both yeah. they're and both great books. So if you're looking at developing and designing an RPG, specifically stuff that might be you know resonant with what they're producing. Read those books; they're really good. Yeah, our, our authors and contributors there are you know Margaret Weiss or yeah. Scott or You're, Pirate Cat, Kevin Culp, you may know Zeb Cook, um, Steve Winter. It's sort of a who's who of, 
of yeah. industry types saying, hey, we're going to talk about plots and campaigns, and that's at the Paizo booth, uh, and I'll be signing it at 11 o'clock.